Pastor Tim welcomes you to Britt David Podcast and his message, How to Be a Good Influencer, from the book of Philemon. Today, we have social media influencers, and it is full-time, lucrative work. Influencers promote themselves by promoting products and causes. Kabi LeMay is the most followed and highest paid influencer through TikTok and Instagram. The 23-year-old has a net worth of 13 million and audiences eat up his influence. You may not make a million dollars, but you can make an influence on others that will last for eternity. Here's Pastor Tim. If you'll take your Bible tonight, turn with me to the book of Philemon. You're going to have to turn through the T's for this one. The Thessalonians, the Timothys, Titus, and then you'll find yourself in Philemon before you get to the book of Hebrews. It is not the smallest book in your New Testament, but it's Paul's shortest epistle. In fact, it's short enough that some refer to it less as a letter and more as a postcard. It seems as if maybe it doesn't hold as much importance because because it is so brief. What you're going to discover is is that it is brief and to the point and is exactly as this kind of letter should be. Paul has one thing that he needs to get across and he's going to make sure and make his point clearly. Philemon is one of your four prison epistles, which means that it was written during his first Roman imprisonment. That's going to become important a little bit later when we begin to look at, the, um, at, at, the, at why this letter becomes so delicate, if you will. Um, it's on par with the book of Colossians and would have been written about the same time and sent in the same courier bag, if you will. So Onesimus, a character that you're going to meet in the book of Philemon, is going to be the one who carries this letter first to the, to the church at Colossae, and then he's also going to deliver this personal letter to Philemon. Paul finds himself in a very delicate situation, one of those that needs to be handled gently, Of all the things that you can say about Paul, (laughs) gentle and delicate probably are not the terms that you would come up with. Bull in a china shop, yes. Delicate, not so much. But he finds himself in this situation that, that needs a little tenderness and a little tact. Let me explain what I mean. The book is written to a man by the name of Philemon, a wealthy man who knows Paul and has known Paul for a long time. He's a believer, he's a Christian brother, and it is in his house that the church at Colossae meets. So he's an important figure in that particular church, obviously. Another person that you're going to meet in this letter is Onesimus. I mentioned that he was one of the ones who would have carried both this letter and the book of Colossians. Onesimus is a slave. He is Philemon's slave. 
but he is also a runaway slave. At some point, he has left Colossae and left Philemon, kind of a wall, if you will, and has made his way to Rome. At some point and in some way, he's met up with the Apostle Paul. Paul's told him to, about Jesus, and Onesimus has been saved. Onesimus becomes a very big help to Paul while he's in prison. He's able to run errands for Paul. He's able to uh, bring messages to Paul. He's able to help him in practical, physical ways while Paul sits in that prison cell. Now here becomes the problem. Onesimus is a runaway slave. Roman law says that Philemon now has the right to punish him severely and violently and even to go ahead and take his life. But Paul finds himself dealing with two Christian brothers. Here's Philemon, a leader in the church who is a Christian and who is a friend of Paul. Here's Onesimus, the runaway slave who has now become a Christian and simply trying to serve in whatever way that he knows to do. If Paul sends Onesimus back to Philemon, Philemon is well within his rights to treat him in a terrible and horrible way. In fact, if Onesimus is not a believer, even if Paul writes this letter, he's not going back. The only reason that Onesimus would consider going back to Philemon is because Paul has told him it is the right thing to do. From time to time, you'll find yourself in a situation where you've got to do the right thing. And it's hard. It's hard because it's going to cost you. It's hard because it's going to cost somebody else. It's hard because the personalities that are involved, sometimes it's just difficult. When you find yourself in what appears to be a lose-lose situation, how can you make good decisions to turn it into a win-win? How can you make the situation one that honors the Lord and honors His Word and becomes best for everybody who is involved? This letter is going to call for Onesimus to do the right thing, to go back and to put himself at the mercy of Philemon. This letter is going to call for Philemon to do the right thing, to receive him not as a slave who's run away, one who has cost him money along the way, but to receive him back as a Christian brother and to offer him a second chance. This, call, this letter, even in writing it, is a call for Paul to do the right thing. See, it would be easy for Paul simply to be able to say, well, you know, I remember writing to somebody that all things have passed away and all things have become new. So now that he's a believer, all that other stuff about being a former slave, that's in the past, and we're not going to worry about that. And I want Onesimus to stay here and continue to help me. There's a little selfish motive that could have been in there. But instead, each one of them are called to do the right thing 
without hurting either one, but by blessing each one with a matter of obedience. This letter is an appeal. This letter is influence. In the day that we live in today, influence is sometimes a dirty word. We oftentimes see influence being exerted at the highest levels politically, where one lobbyist wants to get one congressman or one elected official to do what they want him to do. And so they press their influence on him. Sometimes we think about influence in terms of manipulation. More than motivation, we're simply trying to get somebody to do something that we think that they ought to do and something that would be best for us, regardless of whether it's best for them. In fact, we use this word influence or influencer within social media today. With the, with the development not so much of Facebook, but of Instagram and TikTok and some of the other outlets, influencers have risen to the top both in following and in the amount of money that they make. You know, there are levels of influencers. That's simply what they're called. Sometimes they're called social media influencers. Sometimes they're called fashion influencers or sports influencers. And it all has to do with the number of followers that they have, the number of likes that they can get, the comments that they can find. Of these levels that are that are talked about in those circles. One of those is a nano-influencer. It's a person who has anywhere between 10,000 followers and 50,000 followers. We have a nano-influencer in our church. It's Adam Smith. He has his own channel and has thousands and thousands of followers. Now, if he gets rich, I want to remind him about tithing. There he is. Anyway, social media influencers have become all the rage. The only problem is, is that they're in it, as one coach said this weekend, they're in it for clicks, not for the wins. Their value is based on hearts and likes and, and, uh, and, and sharing those, those particular posts. But really, to be a true influencer, you should be marked and measured by the amount of change that you're able to bring forth in another person's life that is for good how you can influence them to do, as Paul is doing here, simply to do the right thing. You don't have to appeal to somebody to do the right thing because of what's in it for them. But simply to appeal to them, to influence them, to do the right thing just because it's the right thing. I've mentioned this to you before, and I, I believe it with all my heart. Obedience is its own reward. I don't have to be patted on the back. I don't have to receive remuneration. 
Just simply to know that I've been obedient to the Lord is enough. It's just enough. And if you can get to that point, you can help other people get to that point as well and influence them to do the right thing simply because it is the right thing. If you use the book of Philemon as a road map, then you can be maybe not an influencer that has all of these followers and makes all of this money, but you can learn how to be a good influencer on the people that are around you. All right? So let's use that word. You ready for it? Here we go. Number one. If you want to be a good influencer, then you need to initiate and maintain a meaningful relationship with somebody. Influencers are not like the social media influencers where you really don't know them. If you're trying to motivate somebody to do the right thing just because it's the right thing, just because it's obedience to the Lord, then you're going to have to build that on a relationship that you have with them. So you're going to have to establish a good relationship to initiate that relationship. Look, if you will, in verse number 1. The Bible says, Paul, a prisoner of Jesus Christ, and Timothy, our brother, to Philemon, our beloved friend and fellow laborer, to the beloved Aphia, Archippus, our fellow soldier, and to the church that is in your house, to the church that's in Colossae, if you will. So as Paul's writing this, we have a series of names. Some of these that you know and that you're familiar with, people like Timothy. People who are going to Timothy who will be the pastor of the church of Ephesus. One who's going to be under Paul's tutelage and his mentorship. Paul has initiated and maintained a fellowship and a relationship with Timothy that began by introducing him to Jesus. And that led Timothy to be a part of Paul's missionary journeys, that became a part of partnership in his ministry, and then became involved in the church at Ephesus and then beyond. He's done the same thing for Philemon that we see in that first verse as well. He began the relationship with Paul, with with Philemon based on the relationship that Paul has with Jesus as well. Because of that relationship, now he's got a good end with the church that's in Colossae. The others that we read about, some we read about in other places of Scripture. But the reality is this. You're continuing to make and to build good relationships with people. With people. Church is the church. But it's not the building. It's the people in the church. What makes our church great is not the facilities. What makes our church great is its head and its body. The same thing's going to be true in every relationship that you have. If Jesus is first, then you can establish a relationship with that person that will last and last and be meaningful to both of you. Do you want to be a good influencer? Initiate and maintain a meaningful relationship. Number two, navigate the situation through prayer. 
navigate the situation. And at this point, we're talking about trying to influence them in a particular setting, like the one that you find here maybe. Maybe you find yourself in a delicate situation. In the same way that our teenagers are the ones who are going to know uh, these social media influencers more than some of us, they're also going to be the ones who live a little closer to this pattern than the rest of us do. What it means to, li to live amidst delicate situations where you've got the feelings of one friend on one side and the feelings of another friend on another side and you're trying not to offend either but to bring them together. They understand what that's like because they have to do it every single day. And every single day is like a roller coaster for them. The best thing that they can do is to give themselves to prayer. To navigate whatever situation it is by praying that way. And that's where Paul begins with this greeting in this letter. Look, if you will, in verse number 3. He says, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God making mention of you always in my prayers. Pray for them. Listen, if you want to change a situation, if you want to, if you want to see a person change into doing the right thing when you know good and well they don't want to, pray for them. Pray for them. God's Holy Spirit can do far more with one nudge than you can by twisting their arm every single day. You trying to manipulate or control a situation is not going to bring them to do the right thing just because it's the right thing. But the Spirit of God can work in their hearts to lead them to that point of obedience. So pray with them. Pray for them, even if you can't pray with them. And if you can, teach them how to pray and how to be dependent upon God for all things so that you're able to say, they're able to say along with you, I make mention of you always in my prayers. Number three, if you want to be a good influencer, then follow up on the achievements of this other person with recognition and with encouragement. Follow up on what they're doing. Don't just let it fall away and fall to the wayside. If they make a step in the right direction, they don't have to get all the way there, but if they're making a step in the right direction to try and do the right thing, it deserves to be recognized. It deserves to be applauded. It deserves to be encouraged so that more steps might be taken in the future. Look, if you will, in verse number 5. He continues on the sentence after saying, I'm, I'm always praying for you. He says, hearing of your love and faith which you have toward the Lord Jesus Christ and toward all the saints. You know, Paul says, I'm hearing this about you. This is a testimony that doesn't come from Philemon. This is a testimony that comes from others who know Philemon. This is something that's told to Paul by outside sources. It's not even Paul making it up himself or saying, I have seen and observed. There are other people who have noticed that Philemon is a man after God's own heart. 
that he's a man who wants to walk in obedience. And so what does Paul do? He recognizes that in front of Philemon and then begins to applaud him for that and to encourage him in that. I have heard of your love and I've heard of your faith which you have in Jesus and that you have toward all the saints. Keep going. He says that the sharing of your faith may become effective by the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. For we have great joy and consolation in your love because the hearts of the saints have been refreshed by you, my brother. He says, you're refreshing. You know, there's another great New Testament name that starts with an O, not just Onesimus, but Onesiphorus. Onesiphorus is one of my favorite mentions in the New Testament and in Paul's letters. Paul writes to Timothy and tells him about Onesiphorus, and he says, he is, in the words that he uses, he says, he is like a breath of fresh air to me. Do you know somebody like that? I hope you get to be around somebody like that. Somebody who's not a drain on you, but somebody who is like a breath of fresh air. You know, in these hot summer Sundays and Wednesdays that we've had, when you, if you're out in the parking lot, it's hot. I mean, it is some kind of hot coming off that parking lot. You walk through those glass doors, what's the first thing you hit? That vent, and every one of you stop when you get there, Right? It is cool, refreshing air. You ought to be that kind of person. The kind of person that somebody can't wait to get out of the heat of and get in your presence that they themselves might be refreshed. You do that by being a person like Barnabas, a son of encouragement, a person who's always trying to applaud, a person who's always looking out for the good things. He says that, that he has seen the, the, the good things, the acknowledgement of every good thing that is in you in Christ Jesus. What can you look at or look for in somebody else's life that makes you go, man, that is Jesus in that person. That person's acting like Jesus. Well, why not tell them? And applaud them for it. Follow up on achievements with recognition and with encouragement. Pastor Tim thanks you for joining us here today and invites you to join us for the conclusion tomorrow of his message, How to Be a Good Influencer. Pastor Tim would also love to connect and share with you about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and how you can know that you know that Jesus is your Savior and Lord. That address is church office at BritDavid.org. We are located at 2801 West Brit David Road, Columbus, Georgia, 31909. Thanks again for joining us here on Brit David Podcast.